Hi, you're listening to an older episode. The podcast is now called Travel Writing World. You can find the episode show notes and much more at travelwritingworld.com. This is Jeremy Bassetti, and you're listening to All Over the Place, a podcast on travel, culture, and the creative life. Today's episode brings us to Los Angeles, where Matt Kepnes speaks with us about his writing career, the various difficulties on the road, and his new book, Ten Years a Nomad. Matt is the influential blogger behind nomadicmat.com and the New York Times bestselling author of How to Travel the World on $50 a Day. So now, here is Matt Kepnes. Cool. Well, uh, welcome to the show, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeremy. So you are a person behind the popular blog nomadicmat.com, but I learned from your book that you first started out with the desire to travel and to get lost. Only later, a few years, in fact, um, did you get into blogging and writing. So um, were you interested in travel prior to seeing the world or was this the logical way in your mind to ensure that you'd be able to kind of live the life that you wanted? Well, I had never really got into travel. Um, I was sort of the accidental traveler. You know, I um, didn't grow up in a travel family. I had no sense of the world before I first traveled when I was 23. And so when I started traveling, I would, you know, this whole blogging thing, this whole writing thing, it was never a goal of mine. I, I, I sort of just fell into it all. Mm-hmm. I think people assume there's always a grand plan. There was no grand plan when it came to travel, writing, travel writing. I mean, it was just like, let's see what today happens. Okay, so you kind of just uh, went with it as you you went along. Um, so, what about the, kind of the I guess the 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 genesis story of, of of the blog? Then, I mean, most people will know you by that. So, how did that kind of fit in mentally and physically with your 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 life as a traveler? You know, I started the website as a way to pass the time when I came back from my first stint overseas. Uh, I had been 18 months abroad. I came home, was temping, had a job that, I mean, I just sat at the desk just to hold space. And so I had a lot of free time. And I used that time to create the website uh, with the desire that, you know, it be a sort of an online resume. The mm-hmm. goal was to never become nomadic bad, you know, uh, in the sense of where the site is today, but just sort of have a place where editors uh, could find my work and hire me out. You know, like, mm-hmm. here's who I am, here's what I do, here's where I've been featured, come hire me for work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the blog part was an aspect of that because, you know, it made the most sense to, to have a blog, um, along your, with your resume. I mean, that's what people did, right? They had a blog. Uh, and so the more I started blogging, the more it sort of took off. And then, um, you know, I I made time for it. I was teaching overseas for considerable amounts of time. Um, so, you know, 
for about two years while I did this sort of on the side. And it was sort of, you know, a hobby for me. Um, sort of like travel, I became sort of the accidental blogger. I never set out to doing this. In fact, right. for a while, I was just building um, marketing websites online because the goal was just to make money online. That's it. That was the only goal. Make enough money so I keep traveling. And, you know, this this took some time to grow. And when I started to really invest time in it and grow and start to pay most of the bills, that's when I started to take it seriously. You'd mentioned that you kind of accidentally came into the blogging thing. So um, now at this point in your life and at this point in your career, uh, how do you reflect back on those years? Or where do you, where do you see yourself now um, kind of in relation to the blog and your career? What do you mean? Well, I, I guess the blog was an accidental thing and uh, it was a thing that w- was able to kind of support you financially and something that you were, I guess, really interested in and, and, and ran with. So now that you're back um, after 10 years as a nomad, you're getting more involved in writing kind of longer books, right? This is your second um, how do you see yourself now at this stage in your life and career as traveler slash blogger slash writer? I mean, I don't see myself with any of those slashes. I, mm-hmm. If you ask what I do, I tell tell them I'm a travel writer. Okay. I think that, I mean, since so much of my stuff is offline, that I, I think that's a more accurate description of what I do. I think when people think of travel blogger, they think only digital, they think social media, um, you know, I, I write for magazines and, mm-hmm. uh, I have books, you know, yes, I'm a blogger. I, I came from blogging. Um, that's where I cut my chops, but I think get in people's minds, if I say, hey, I'm a travel blogger, they think, oh yeah, like what's your blog? And I say, actually, I write books. I have two books, you know, and I have all these guidebooks and I, I freelance write. And so I, I view writer as a, a better description of what I do only because they, they convey two different things in people's minds. Right. So do you think that, um, there is kind of a, uh, a discrediting or kind of people look down on, uh, the, the, the bloggers, even though they're, you know, multitudes of bloggers that, you know, make a substantial living off of that. There, there's kind of a, you know, upturned nose to, to that profession or that lifestyle? No, I don't think there's a negative perception. I think being a blogger is a a career, Mm -hmm. but when you say I'm a blogger, they assume only digital. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So, you know, what do you do? I'm a blogger. Okay, cool. You work online. Yeah, I'm a blogger. I, I work online, but I also write books. And I think when you think travel writer or author, you just like to say author, um, then people think, oh, you have books. Oh, you freelance write. You know, oh, do you do that online or in print? Mm-hmm. Then it becomes like more encompassing, whereas a blogger is just someone that exists online. And I don't exist just online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the 
especially lately with kind of the popularization of of Instagram in particular, but also thanks to the blogs and, you know, things like Twitter, um, there's a kind of greater attention on, you know, what other people are doing in the world and a sense of, um, I guess, that FOMO, (laughs) the sensation of FOMO that people have when they're seeing other people do um, interesting things around, around the world. So you got into, I guess, traveling when you were 23, you said, and then later blogging and then, you know, writing. But did you ever have the sensation that you you missed out after you got the travel bug? Like, did you feel that ever that there was a world of opportunities that was denied to you um, as a young man prior to discovering discovering the world of travel? Uh, no, not really. I like the life I lead. So, I mean, if you're asking if I have regrets or like I feel that like I missed out on something because I went traveling for 10 years, um, I mean, I don't think I missed anything. I guess what I'm what I'm asking is um, I, I started traveling probably around the same time you did. I think we're roughly the same age. Like I first, you know, went international. Uh, by, by that, I mean, I went to Europe um, when I was around 23 or 24 and when I did that, I I felt a little bit of, um, I, I don't know if regret's the right word, but I felt like I'd missed out in the early parts of my uh, late teens and early 20s for not having traveled. Like I felt like a sense of like, what the hell was I doing with my time that I wasn't exploring the world in this capacity? You know, I guess the question is um, if you had a similar experience well, uh, you know, I I do regret not traveling sooner, mm-hmm. um, but you don't know what you don't know, okay? So I didn't know this world exists. I didn't know it was possible. So how can I be upset at myself for not doing this when I didn't know this was even a possibility? Um, you know, and then maybe if I had travels, started traveling sooner, I would end up where I am. Again, you had come up... To, to the whole thing of like, well, you have regrets. You know, I, I, I regret not studying abroad because the reason I regret it, I regret it is because I didn't study abroad because I was afraid I was going to miss a whole bunch of stuff. Back home. I, yeah. And then I traveled and, and came back and I missed nothing. And my friend who studied abroad said, you know, he saw, thought the same thing, came back uh, and was like, well, school is the same. And you know, that's maybe a regret I have. Um, but I don't regret not traveling because the life I led has led me to where I am today mm-hmm. and I'm perfectly happy with my life. Mm-hmm. And so you regret your life if you're not happy with it. And so, yeah, you didn't get to travel sooner, but you know, the life unfolds the way it should, you know, timing in life is everything. And, you know, sometimes you're just not ready to know certain things. And so I, you know, I, I probably, you know, once have appreciated travel if I didn't start so late. I see. I, and, and I probably wouldn't have decided to quit if I didn't travel while doing a job I hated because it was that hatred of that that made me want to push into travel more because travel was fun. But I loved my job. I probably wouldn't have you know, decided to take a career break. Mm-hmm. I would have just taken vacations. Right. So your your book um, kind of g- 
goes through that story from, you know, working the, the nine to five and then, you know, actually getting some time off and going on a vacation. I think you went to Costa Rica the first time and, you know, this kind of, you know, sparked the, um, the flame in you to, to travel more and, and wider. And at some point, um, in, in, early in the book, you talk a, a lot about how, um, planning your next trip around the world helped kind of build buzz and anticipation, uh, in the research, uh, of, of travel. Right. Um, and so I, I think we often like romanticize travel and we romanticize the road uh, uh, and the life on the road. But sometimes I think we're, we're, we're let down. Uh, do you remember ever a time being let down because of your anticipation or expectations? Um, yeah, I think that's only a natural, a natural feeling because you know, we spend so much time prepping and we build all these castles in the sky that, you know, we romanticize travel to, an, to, to a degree that we think we're going to land and like amazing things are going to happen to us right away. Mm-hmm. But, but that's not true. Like, you know, and, and you have to go out and you have to make that happen. It's just not going to happen. So, I mean, there are times where, you know, I, I moved to Bangkok and I spent the first couple of weeks playing Warcraft because I didn't make any friends. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to do it. And so I ended up just uh, sitting around. Mm. And, and so, I mean, you know, everyone talks so much about Vietnam as like the best place in the world. But I went there and I thought, eh. Mm. I, I mean, it's no Thailand. Um, so how, to what extent are friends a factor of having kind of this um, good travel experience abroad. Like in Bangkok, you said you played Warcraft because you didn't have any friends, but you know, friends kind of unlock that door, right. To, to, to having a, a good experience abroad. So how, how would, you know, in hindsight, how would have you made friends in, in, in Bangkok at that point? Like how, how would you go about doing that? I probably would have stayed in an area that had more travelers, um, and gone to like, at least I would have been around people. Um, and I probably would have looked further into like couch surfing as well as like expat meetups. Mm -hmm. And this, I guess this kind of sometimes goes against, uh, conventional wisdom, right? Like people say, Oh, you know, go away from the tourists, but here you're saying, Hey, I want to kind of be around that community. Is that what you're saying? You're just saying where where I've gone to make friends. I at least you know. I mean, they're you. Know, I was there long term, and they're not. Uh, but at least it would have given me you know people to hang out with when I was bored and lonely. Mm-hmm. So apart from, I guess, making friends um, abroad, like what do you think is the most uh, difficult part of uh, of living abroad for 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 long term? What are some of those? Uh, those those problems or difficulties that come with uh, long term. Yeah, I think one of the problems uh, is is just you know you'll always be an outsider, and that can be difficult. Um, you know, you're forever an outsider. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone will recognize that no matter how long you live there, and so you, know, you can make friends and adapt and 
um, you know, speak the language. But for, for most of the world, you know, I mean, the U.S. and Canada are kind of melting pots. But you know, for most of the world, you're you're not you're not a local and you'll never be a local. And you always get treated just a little bit differently. And that can sort of be an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you spend a lot of time um, talking about your your personal experiences with uh, romance on the road and without giving too much of the story away, uh, can you, I guess, speak to the difficulties of forging uh, romantic relationships uh, abroad as kind of this itinerant, living this itinerant lifestyle? When you're traveling, it's very easy to, to find love. You know, it is, you know, a pressure cooker. Everything is happening so quickly there is just an intensity to everything that's going on. And so in that cauldron, it's very easy to, to find love. However, it's a lot harder to keep it because everyone's going the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at some point, somebody needs to change. Somebody needs to say, I'm going to stop my travels and come to you. Uh, or I will stop, you know, or we'll, we will travel together. Uh, you know, it, Somebody has to make that decision to say, let's, let's change what we were going to do. Sometimes both of you say that, you know, you, you stop in a place and you, you create a whole new itinerary together, but that has to occur. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that not everyone wants to do that. And, you know, timing is everything too, because, you know, it depends on where people are in their travels or where they're, you know, how, how much longer they have left, uh, how they're feeling, whether they want a relationship, a lot goes on. Mm-hmm. And there's also the, the magic of a time and place, right? Like, like you've, for sure, you've had this experience where you've, you've met some friends or maybe some romantic partners and, you know, you, you're in this time and in this place together. And then, you know, you meet up uh, a few months or a few years later and it's completely changed and not that the people have changed so much they might have, but it's also about that particular kind of point in time, um, that there's something magical about that. And there's, you know, no going back to that moment or to those feelings. Um, I think it has a lot to do with like kind of the time and the place of, of where you are, not just in your lives, but in the world. Yeah. You know, every, everything is about timing, man. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing happens in your life except at the right time. And, you know, that, you know, whether they're friends, relationships, where you are in the world, like you said, you know, it's all about timing. Right. So it's about timing. So talk about if you, if you can, the timing of, uh, of actually, you know, getting the courage to, to leave. Right. Because, you know, going on, a long-term quest like this seems like something w- uh, that people would kind of put off and delay because it's such a kind of monumental thing to, 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 to do. So what were the difficulties that you faced actually, you know, getting up and making the decision to, to abandon your life in the United States, essentially to, to go live this new life that you're creating on your own terms? Like what were those um, kind of difficulties leaving? Well, you know, I think for some people, they require like a full on push, right? They need to like be thrown out the door. For me, uh, it, it was more just a gentle nudge. You know, I, 
I knew I wasn't going to work in healthcare, which is what I was doing at the time. I knew I, I was finishing school. You know, I had this sort of natural break coming up in my life that I thought would be a good time to, um, spend traveling, you'll get it out of my system, but then you don't get travel out of your system. It's a disease with no cure. You cannot get travel out of your system. You just get hooked on it more, which is why I ended up traveling for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, for me, it, it didn't take a lot of encouragement. I am pretty stubborn. And so, and <clears throat> sure in my decisions, once I make a, a life decision, I, I tend to pretty much stick to it. Um, so I, I, I barreled on, uh, but also I, uh, um, but but I didn't, but the timing was everything. Right. So like, yeah, like I was scared, like, am I going to do this? But, you know, I knew, I knew I wanted to do this and I knew that. I'd probably never get another chance to do this because I just assumed that, you know, I'm going to quit now. I'm going to finish school and then I'm going to get a career. And then, you know, when am I going to have a chance to travel a year again? That's why backpackers are always young. You think, mm-hmm. and then you think, okay, well now it's now or never. Right. It seems to kind of go against this Milton Bradley plan that we have of life, right? Like high school, university, career, marriage, dog, mortgage, the, you know, the, the, the whole lot there. Um, but what about the, I guess, not just the expectations of society and this, this plan, but the expectations of your family and friends, right? Did, did that kind of throw some doubt into what it is that you wanted to do? Or was that just a non-issue for you? I mean, yeah, it was a bummer when my parents hated it and and uh, a bummer when my friends were indifferent to it. But, you know, it, it's not something I I let them really get me down on. Um, being stubborn, I just knew I was going to do it. My friends didn't try to talk me out of it. They just didn't know what to think about it. My parents definitely tried to talk me out of it. <laughs> Uh, but we just eventually just gave up on that topic. Mm. When they realized you weren't going to die. Well, they, when they realized they couldn't convince me, um, <laughs> they just hoped that I would forget. Right. What about the financial issue here? Because I, I know you, you wrote a book, um, about this, how to travel the world on $50 uh, a day. What do you think, um, you know, how much should someone need to plan financially. I guess the reason why I'm asking this is because I, I put a question out on Twitter, um, just this morning asking what tips would, you know, you give someone to have a better experience while traveling. And one gentleman responded, be rich. And I get what he's saying, but I remember, you know, a few of my own travel experiences as an underemployed and underpaid student, you know, those experiences being sometimes far more rewarding and better. And I know this is subjective, uh, but far better than they are now when I travel as an adult with disposable income. Right. So like to what extent does kind of monetary, I guess, stability or planning have in kind of leading the life that you 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 led? 
I don't get what you're trying to ask me, man. Um, are you trying to ask me about how much did money play a role into when my planning my trip? Not, not just planning. Like, like, so when you're on the road as a kind of digital nomad or as a nomad, right, you're traveling the world, um, and you're not planning on coming home anytime soon. To what extent does money play in having a good and rewarding experience abroad? You know, how much does a, a, um, a rewarding experience abroad traveling the world depend on having more than $50 a day? You know, I think money is a relative uh, concept, you know, in terms of how it relates to your experience. Everyone, you know, there are people who get by on 10 bucks a day and I think that's crazy. And people think I'm crazy for 50. And, you know, when you're traveling and you're backpacking, you're not going to spend a lot of money. So, you know, it's hard pressed to spend money if you're just in hostels and you're just eating on the cheap and not doing lots of expensive tours mm-hmm. and taking local transportation. But if you want a luxurious time, yeah. But money is not going to make the quality of your travels better. It's mm-hmm. going to make the quality of your your hotel room better and maybe your meals. But you know, I always find that if you're in resorts and hotels and, and you're doing um, that sort of luxury travel, you're sort of far removed from the, the rhythm of the destination you're at because, um, because you're like sort of behind this like luxury wall of resorts and fancy restaurants and concierges and your tour bus buses. And, you know, that, that stuff, you know, creates a barrier between you and the locals that, uh, doesn't allow you to to really connect with people in a way that's more meaningful and organic. And so when you're traveling cheap, you're going into supermarkets, you're on the buses, you're on, you know, you're not taking your Uber, you're, you're on, on the train, you know, you're at farmer's market, you know, you're, you're at the hostel in some little neighborhood, you know, not surrounded by a giant, Resort, and so that allows a lot more opportunities to see the local lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I don't think money actually increases the quality of your travels. I think more often than not, it decreases it. Right. So perhaps the comfort and not quality. But uh, we're nearly out of time here. I know you got a busy uh, day ahead. Can you tell us uh, where is the best place to get in touch with you and to pick up your new book? Yeah, uh, I can be found at nomadicmat.com and anywhere on social media at nomadicmat. Literally just put in the the service backslash nomadicmat. You will find me there. Uh, And you can get the book, 10 Years of Nomad, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, and wherever local bookstores you got. Great. We'll put, yeah. we'll put the links in the show note and we'll also uh, link to your site and to your pages where you can, you know, click on your links to, to purchase those books. So I appreciate your time uh, coming on the show and uh, best of luck to you on the rest of your book tour uh, through United States and Canada. Well, thanks so much. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks. Bye bye.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of All Over the Place. Don't forget to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and follow us on social media. Please subscribe to our newsletter to receive emails with travel-related news, book recommendations, and resources from around the world. Links can be found at allovertheplacepodcast.com. Thank you.